Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this episode, our Senior Vice President of Content Development and Research, Tim Venable, interviews Jamie Kinch, Vice President of Real Estate and Workplace Experience for Rapid7. The two discuss how Rapid7 opened a number of new offices in the past year. Jamie, I understand Rapid7 has completed a number of new office projects in the last uh, 12 months or so. Uh, Thanks very much for talking with Cornet Global about them. Thanks for having me, Tim. First, tell us, um, where were these projects? Yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy 12 months for us here at Rapid7. um, It started by opening up a new office for us in in August of last year in Austin, Texas. then we quickly moved on to, to Los Angeles in November. We did Arlington, Virginia, uh, April of this year, um, Toronto in May, and then it culminated with us opening up our new global headquarters here in Boston in July. Okay. You have been very, very busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So tell us um, sort of the backstory. What was the driver behind all these projects, behind all these these office transformations? What were you trying to achieve? Yeah, I think um, you know we're we're fortunate that we're a really rapidly growing tech company, and so you know, the the driver here was a couple of things really. We had um, a number of leases that were all expiring at a similar time, which is definitely. Um, a strategy that you don't want to have, <laughs> um, and and spreading those out would have would have been better for us. But we had a number of leases that were expiring, and then we had a number of locations where we were just exceeding the the space that we had available to us in those buildings. So um, that was really um, prevalent for us in our Boston and Cambridge locations. Um, and then we and we kind of realised as well that we had this amazing opportunity to really leverage our workplace as a as a tool in our business for both underpinning that brand and culture but um also as a as a tool for attracting talent and also just as a productivity tool for us so it, it started in boston for us um but you know as i talked about that sequence of properties that we opened up boston was the last one we opened up so we kind of started this process where we designed our headquarters so we kind of understood what we wanted the experience to be but then we went off and implemented it in about four or five other locations before we actually opened up the, the biggest version of us um, here in Boston. Mm-hmm. Okay. In which part of um, the city of Boston uh, is your headquarters located in? Yeah, so we're um, we're right by North Station. So it's a, it's a really interesting location for us. So we um, made the decision to to be the anchor tenant for the office portion of a redevelopment of the North Station area of Boston. So this is really an area of Boston that's going through huge transformation. So there's a partnership with um, Delaware North, who owns TD Garden and their links to the Celtics and the Bruins, and uh, with Boston Properties, who's probably the largest landlord in Boston, and one of the largest, I would assume, in the US now. But um, they um so so we were talking to them we made the decision to to commit to a building that was a hole in the ground um and and it's been actually a, a fantastic decision for our business so we're we're in an area that 
Um, they, we've opened up a new Citizen M hotel in our neighbor. Um, Verizon Wireless now, no, Verizon themselves have signed um, a lease to take on the tower above us, and they'll probably bring a couple of thousand people to the area. We've got um, a cinema, largest underground grocery store in Boston, um, bars, food halls, direct access to North Station and TD Garden with all of their sports and, and music events. So this part of Boston is going through a lot of transformation and we kind of feel um, fortunate to have made such a great decision to be a part of it. Um, and our, our building is is on the original site of TD Garden before it moved some years ago. So we feel like we're on hallowed ground as well. So everyone's really happy to be here. Oh, absolutely. Well, Boston is just such a fantastic city loaded with tech talent, and it sounds like you've got just a super location there too. So <laughs> congratulations on that. Thank you. So as I mentioned, you know, and as I asked you, you've been so busy. You've got so much going on in the last uh, several months. Opening all these new offices must have required some help. Were there specific uh, partners or vendors involved that helped you deliver all these uh, fantastic new spaces? Um, yeah, there were. There, I mean, there's. I guess there's so many approaches you can take to get this right, and um, we uh, we partnered with. IA Interior Architects and their Boston team, and we made the decision that we wanted to use them out of Boston um, as a consistent team for us in all of the locations that we were working on. Uh, so, so they've been really instrumental to the process. Um, we work with Leesman um, and the Leesman Index so that we can measure the impact of our workplace from, from the perspective of our employees to make sure that we're truly building spaces that solve the needs of our, of our employees and, and helps keep them productive. Um, and then there was a huge lift by the Rapid7 team as well. Um, so we had pretty consistent players on our team working on this project in all the locations we, we were dealing with. And many of these projects were overlapping as well. Um, but, but I would say that that's the core. Um, yeah, I think we're, we're faced with the challenge that I would imagine a lot of Cornet members are that when we start to look at construction teams, it's very hard to have the same construction team in, in every location in the US. There's just not many folks out there that can do that. So I think one of the big um, differences in all of our projects is we would be working with a different construction company and a different construction team. But fortunately, with some of the the, the folks who are like IA and our team, it helped kind of keep that consistency as we, as we went through these projects. And we we, we set out to, to design a space that was consistent across all of our locations, but also unique in all of our locations as well. So you'll find that when you arrive at a Rapid7 location, um, you know you're at Rapid7, like the entrance experience is very similar, but you'll also know that you're as you go to between our locations, you'll notice that they all have a different feel to them based upon the, you know, the local culture. And so that like shows up in Austin where we have a real huge bias to like barbecue and food and things like that, whereas our um, Los Angeles office is influenced by um, more of a bohemian feel and uh, the Hollywood vibe, um, whereas our Toronto office is influenced by Kind of a very urban green landscape as well. So um, it's been great to have that team consistently in place. 
Fantastic. Okay. Now, what about engaging business leaders and others in the design and the decision-making around these new projects? How did you get uh, input and buy-in from those leaders? Yeah, for us, um, we're, we're fortunate that we're um, – there's definitely a, a, not a, a huge hierarchy to how we operate our business. I'd say that our CEO um, has, has some opinions about what he'd like to see done, but, but they're more around him providing some guidance as opposed to kind of dictating some kind of mandate. So we had an executive steering committee that, that we worked with to kind of get the essence of what we were trying to achieve um, from a more holistic perspective. Um, and we checked in with that group you know, on a, on a you know, fairly regular basis. But then we had some, um, some other groups we put together that were focused around different aspects of the projects from environmental graphics to um, we use this as a catalyst to appoint a site ambassador for all of our locations we did a project. So we recognized that we wanted to have somebody, not just for the project, but for that office to be recognized as the person that's kind of the, the oil that helps the office operate and um, facilitates kind of our, our culture and they acted as, as a way that we could get a voice in that represented the, the local team and their requirements as well. So there were, were a number of groups, um, but, but as I say, I think as, as a company, we, we, we provide people with a lot of autonomy. So uh, I think once we delivered, for example, our Austin office, which was the first one, I think that lots of people felt like, okay, we get it, that makes sense, you know, go 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 deal with all the other ones and just keep us updated on what's happening. But I think people were so happy with what we did in the first place, there was a lot of confidence for us to to carry on doing that. And and all, all through this process we were uh, although we were having to move very fast because we were going projects were overlapping, we were still doing post mortems at the end of our project and implementing lots of minor changes that most of our employees would probably never know that we did. But it was definitely a constant evolution for us. We're um, one of our core values is never done, and so in the essence, of never done. We were always looking at ways in which we could deliver the the projects better and more effectively. And you know, right now we're working on a few projects in Europe, and you know, every time we deliver a new office, it's a little bit better than the last one, just because we've got better at the process. Absolutely, sure. Mm -hmm. Now, what about? Unforeseen challenges? Any problems that came up? You must have um, run into one or two challenges as you rolled out uh, all these projects over the last year. Yeah, there's definitely there's been a few sleepless nights for sure. Um, mm -hmm. We're um, I think what, like an overarching challenge for us was that um, we were um, designing a, a headquarters to be delivered in July of this year. But also, we needed to make decisions on our Boston headquarters because we needed to have those decisions in place for projects that we were dealing with that were a year, six months earlier than the Boston project. So we always had this challenge of we needed to get really far ahead in Boston to make sure we were making the right decision so that we could implement it in all the offices that we were going to deliver before. So that, that in itself was one big challenge we dealt with. But we also... There was definitely some some war stories along the way. We had um, in Boston um, we had this amazing four-story atrium, 
Um, and we knew that uh, we couldn't uh, we couldn't build it within the current code. Uh, however, we knew that we could provide a solution that solves for fire that that would be satisfactory. It just wouldn't be adhered to current code. So um, we we had a really tense moment where we were where we failed a kind of code review in the city of Boston, knowing that the end game was to to have an appeal at the state level to be able to present our plan to solve for fire code in our atrium, um, which ultimately um, we presented and it was approved, it was fine, but the reality was if we had failed that, it would have been very hard for us to um, implement a solution that was a more traditional way to solve for the code. It would have required equipment and space on a roof that there wasn't space to put the equipment and, and cost us a lot more money. So. You know, it, it was one of those situations where we felt like we should be confident, but um, everyone was was crossing their fingers until the day we got that letter to a, to approve our approach. So that was definitely um, a, a stressful moment. I, I would also say one of the ones that we absolutely didn't see coming, which is was in some ways a nice challenge to have, is we we're fortunate to have this amazing signage package on the exterior of our building and. Partly because we were the anchor tenant, we got we got to do some things that other tenants perhaps won't ever have the opportunity to do. But um, part of being in this great community where we're next door to TD Gardens, we were coming towards the point where we we're ready to start to install our exterior exterior signage, and um, we were fortunate and unfortunate enough that the brooms were doing really well in uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs, um, and so <laughs> we couldn't get a mm -hmm. permit. To close the street uh, to put the sign up because every time there was a game, all of the streets were closed for a massive party for all the Bruins fans in advance of the game. We had live TV outside the building, so <laughs> every every time they played a game and then they won, it extended the window of when of how long it would be until we were allowed to get the permit for the street. Um, sure. And so mm -hmm. we 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 spoke to our leadership team and said, "Hey, this sign's going to be delayed." And at the time, everyone was like, it doesn't matter as long as the Bruins win the Stanley Cup, we don't care. Well, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't win the Stanley Cup and they drew it out to the seventh game. So, you know, we waited a long time to, to look at our, our sign up. And, and unfortunately, MBTA, who's public transport for, for Boston, then had a project to dig up the road for their project. So um, it's, it has been a whole set of circumstances which just means that there's a sign that we still to this day don't have on the front of the building, which. Um, it's not the end of the world because in the grand scheme of things, we have this amazing space and, and actually it gives us one small thing to look forward to, to doing at some point in the future. But, but we, we absolutely never saw that one coming. <laughs> For sure. Now, Jimmy, you told us about the fact that you try to have the local flair, the local flavor in your space um, in, you know, in, in Austin and L.A. and Toronto and so forth. Um, but just tell us about the the new space uh, more broadly, how does it differ from your old office in terms of things like the look, the feel, the fit out, uh, the, the technology tools you have in there, you know, space allocation? Just tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what the user sees when he or she walks in. Yeah, sure. We, um, so I think as we, as we were growing up as a company, um, we, were, we were definitely in spaces that probably were not didn't suit our brand and our culture, and also 
going through growth, you're, all, you're always dealing with space constraints. So it means that we didn't always have the amenities that, that we wanted to be able to provide for our, for our employees just because we just didn't have the space for them. So, so moving into our new spaces, there's definitely a big shift in the ratio of the number of desks we put in versus the amount of collaboration space that we have within our buildings now. Um, mm -hmm. But we're also we're also very conscious that you know th there's a lot of um, papers and and articles published about open plan offices and um, I think there's a lot of fear around going to open plans. You know we don't we don't provide offices for anyone in the business, um, but we also designed our space to be a neighbourhood. So I think the the preconception was that there was going to be rows of desks in our building. It was going to be a very difficult working environment. But we actually just set out to solve. Let's build neighborhoods that have a certain amount of amenities around them that create physical and visual distractions so that we're not we don't feel like we're in massive spaces that also means that we wanted everything to be within easy reach so for most of our employees at their desk they have open collaboration space whiteboard space telephone rooms uh, conference rooms which are both traditional desk space versus lounge furniture base. This is all within a very close proximity of them. And that, that's been a really big change for us in, in having those amenities. Um, and one of the interesting things is as we as we use Leesman to, to measure from our employees the performance of our buildings, um, things like uh, the ability to do planned meetings, we have a it was something like a 99.3% satisfaction from our employees in their ability to do planned meetings now within our offices. So clearly we've really wow. shift the pendulum on, on people being able to do that kind of work. Um, we, are, we are open plan still though, we've, um, which means that for, for our um, executives, we provide we provide a dedicated room for them, so they have a conference room that they can use. So although they're out in the working environment, the reality is a lot of their time they're in, they're in meetings, and so they have a dedicated space to use that. Um, and we, we're, we're a big fan of Zoom technology, so we have a lot of conference rooms, but every single conference room has Zoom uh, video conferencing, which, um, the, the the quantity of these we have, we've significantly increased. Um, and we've tried delivering it in lots of different formats now. So it goes from a very simple, all built into one Chrome-based solution in very small rooms through to um, large twin 19 screens in some of our training rooms. So the solution scales from all sizes for us, but actually, the interface and the way our employees interact with it is exactly the same. So we love the fact that um, it, no matter the size of your, the meeting you're holding, the number of people, your ability to like go in, share content, manage the meeting, it's exactly the same. So that was one of the things we really wanted to solve in our offices is that we wanted conference room technology to, to just work with you know with the click of a button. So we don't have any cables. We don't we don't provide any dongles to connect things. Everything connects wirelessly. Mm -hmm. uh, it means that when you come into a conference room when somebody else is finished with it, it doesn't look like someone's exploded a box of cables over the table. And um, it's just very simple for us to use. So I'd say that that's been a real big success for us in our business. We had it before, but we're really using it in, in earnest now. Um, and then lastly, 
visually our buildings now look like they're a rapid seven building. We would say that um, that we didn't set out to solve culture with our buildings because that we wouldn't be able to solve it with just the building, but it definitely is a great foundation for, for what is already a great culture. So now we really feel like we're we're wearing our own clothes. Great. Okay. Well, that sounds fantastic. You mentioned uh, on another uh, question, Jamie, you mentioned the, the very high percentage, I think you said 99.3 staff satisfaction and ease of scheduling meetings. So that's obviously a huge, <laughs> uh, huge benefit for, for your employees. Any other post-occupancy feedback from, from your staff about these uh, these new offices? Still early days, yeah, I so guess. It, it is early days, but also in some of our locations, we've now, um, you know, we used the Leesman survey to survey in advance of moving our, our employees to new spaces. So we always have a bit of a gauge of where we were. And as we were rapidly going through these projects, we would have loved to have surveyed, taken worked with architects and designed the solution, but the reality was that we were designing the solution as we were running the surveys, but the surveys ended up being a great tool to reinforce some of the things we thought we knew that we didn't necessarily have the data to support. So we kind of mm -hmm. felt like we understood the most important things for our employees, and we were confident that our new designs were going to solve for that. And I think that that's what I like about using that tool, and I'm sure there's other tools that you could use, but, but really we're asking our employees, what's the most important thing for you? How well do we support it? And then we, you know, we go back to them at another point in time, um, knowing what's the most important thing, and ask them the same questions again. And if we focus on the things they told us that was the most important, then obviously we're going to be successful. And we, so we know that in the top five most important aspects of the workplace for our employees, of those top five, when we ask them their satisfaction with them, uh, we average a score of 94% now. So already we're, wow. we're dealing with you know, the lion's share of, of what people find is important to them. But we, we, we've seen things like um, how people feel about being proud to, to bring visitors into our space. Uh, in some of our locations, it's gone from 44% satisfaction to 90% satisfaction. So. We're definitely getting great feedback on the space. Um, we're, we, we've continued to refine, though, as I mentioned earlier, there's some things that we got wrong that, that we started to change. We've made really great improvements to our physical security, but also with an eye on the experience to make sure that it's not too onerous for our employees as well. Um, and the, I mean, the Leesman, again, has, has been a great, Kind of guidepost for us as we, as we go through this process. The, the other thing that, that we're now just implementing is um, some sensing technology. Um, so we're working uh -huh. with a partner to start to measure the utilization of our space. And um, I think for, for anyone in one position, this is always a really interesting process because um, we ge I genuinely want to understand how our space is being used so we can continue to evolve it and improve and make sure we're building more of what people use and less of what people don't. But we've also wanted to do it in a way that people are comfortable, that we're not big brother and we can't identify who people are and what their individual habits are. So so yeah. we're we're fortunate that as a as a security company that employs hackers and pen testers, that we've been able to pick a solution and have our most um, respected penetration tester put it apart test it so that and write a report to our employees to 
uh, help them understand our ability to not be able to invite their, invade their privacy by the use of this tool. So we're just at the start of that process now, and it'll be I think it'll be great for us to have some some real utilization data so that we can continue to refine because we we know that there's some things that that we thought were going to be heavily used but haven't been, and so we're going to start to test and experiment to see if we can get better. Okay. Outstanding. Well, this all sounds great, and uh, frankly, I'm sort of eager to see one of your offices. So maybe the next time in Boston, I can <laughs> I can drop by. You know. <laughs> yeah, you're always welcome, Tim. <laughs> um, before we close, um, anything else you'd like to add, Jimmy? Um, I think that that I would just reinforce that I, I think that the big learning experience for me has been. Um, is the 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 way which we try to engage our employees to truly understand what's important to them. Like it, we we talk about in our team that, that it, it's hard to get it wrong if we've asked people what they want and we focus on delivering what they want. And so I think that that's been a really interesting learning. And you know we've used Leesman to help us get there, and there's probably other tools out there. But but we're really pleased that we've taken the time and you know, the cost of investing in those types of survey is is like a percent of some of the construction projects we've done. So clearly sure. when we're spending millions of dollars, <laughs> the cost to, to go and do this work to make sure we get it right to me seems insignificant. So I'd say that's a big learning for me. Mm -hmm. Outstanding. Okay. Well, again, congratulations on what you've been able to achieve with your new projects. And we, again, thank you very much for uh, sharing this uh, excellent corporate real estate story with Cornet Global. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Tim. Thank you. Yes, sir. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.